Today on CityCast Denver, Colorado has a water problem, as in we don't have enough of it, or maybe it's that we don't know how to conserve it. Two Denver suburbs are taking drastic steps to curb water use, but the real question is, are we growing too fast? We're talking water, growth, the future, and the pathetic excuse for a football team we call the Broncos. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that thinks that a company called Boom Car Wash LLC that recently purchased Lake Steam Baths on West Colfax is not going to turn it into a car wash. <laughs> At least that's what my Twitter feed keeps telling me. There's a lot of speculation like, no, 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 they're not going to turn it into a car wash. And I'm like, but it's called Boom Car Wash LLC is who purchased the property, folks. Uh, Paul, have you ever been to Lake Steve Bass? <laughs> Are you that, okay? That tweet made me laugh earlier this week and you got me again. Um, no, I haven't been to Lake Steam Baths, but I did talk about uh, my wife, Megan, who I sometimes bring up on the show. She loves Lake Steam Baths. Um, We were talking about your tweet last night, and she said, well, um, what if the car wash company decides they want to wash people? (laughs) (laughs) Just delusional hope for it to stick around. Not as lucrative. Um, (laughs) Joanne Allen, our guest today, a longtime host on Colorado Public Radio, a longtime host of Public Radio, and now a columnist with the Denver Post, and a podcaster who's got a great show called Been There, Done That. Joanne Ellen, have you ever been to Lake Steam Baths? I have not. And this is the very first time I'm hearing about what you're discussing. <laughs> so I'm thinking cleaning people. I could think of a few folks who need some cleaning, but I, we won't go there. <laughs> I, I think it's relevant to our later conversation about water because mm-hmm. I'm very perplexed as to why we would be telling people to stop using as much water, but we will freely open car washes all over the city. (laughs) We are on the same page about wasting water and how the consumer is expected to bear the brunt. You know, no no matter what a developer wants to do or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like individuals. It's your problem. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. the ones who should help us solve this. Well, you know what? Let's just jump right into it because that's our first topic is this sort of water anxiety. And we've been talking about water all year. um, But leading up to the election, this issue has been increasingly tied to one of our biggest issues uh, across the state and honestly across the country and right here in Denver, and that's growth. Um, Colorado Sun environment reporter and past guest Michael Booth reported a story this week about how two Denver suburbs are striking very different paths when it comes to water conservation. Um, Joanne, have you been feeling that water anxiety this year? I have not per se, but I do Mm. think about it every time it's brought up. And the article that you mentioned the very first words of the article itself is, growth is good. Hmm. So my question is, why is growth good? If we know we're running out of water here in the West, if we're trying to figure out what to do in the future, why do we keep letting developers and people grow the area? Why do we say, okay, everybody, come to Colorado? This there's is a lot of money to be made on those people, Joanne. Exactly. But that doesn't mean growth is good if we're trying to figure out the water situation. Mm. My thought is that we should put a moratorium on any growth. <gasps> 
whoa, we have an anti-grocer at this table? (laughs) And, And tell developers, no, let's just, let's figure it out before we continue with this idea that growth is good. Paul, respond. This is, um... I'm so glad you came in with this, Joanne. I feel I feel <laughs> the exact opposite. I, I do. I feel the exact opposite way. Um, but I'm very conflicted about it. I mean, this this is a source of anxiety for me, water and growth. Like I mentioned on the show recently that I've been thinking about this all summer because I've been reading Patty Limerick's book on the history of Denver water. And that history lays out that water is Denver. Like the whole reason why there's a city here is because we, the people who lived here, our capitalists were the most rapacious. They took the biggest risks and they built the best infrastructure and they were allowed our city to grow more than any other. You know, that's, that's why Denver is here. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a little town in Colorado called Victor and mm-hmm. um, it's sort of stuck in time. That's like the beauty of it is it kind of looks like a Victorian era town that was, it's still, it's totally populated. It's a beautiful place. But at one point it was bigger than Denver. And I think about places like that a long time ago. And I think about places like that across the state and that rivaled being maybe our capital at some point. And I never thought about it being related to who monetized the water first. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was Denver. Because that's a created thing, right? Ownership of water is something that has been created. Yeah. Before we had Denver water, this like pseudo public utility, we had private water companies who built infrastructure that supplied our city and supplied our fields. And that's why we were able to grow. Um, but that's not, that's not why growth is so controversial, I yeah. think. Like, and the way, like for me, anti-growth is so... Like, I don't know, I shiver when I hear people talk about anti-growth and putting <laughs> limits on growth because as a white guy coming to the West, you, 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 you hear these stories about, you know, big dreams and big sky and you want to fill it up with all your ideas. Um, but then you start to learn about the housing crisis. And I always, I always talk about supply because supply is a much more comfortable place to, to, to talk about than demand. Because when you talk about demand and growth and putting limits on growth, I think the implication is that Denver is for some people and not others. And I don't know, I don't, I can't, I can't even approach that question. Well, that's a very dangerous history. Denver could become a place for some people and not others because the others, certain ones of the others, Mm -hmm. could end up not being able to afford to be in Denver because all the water is being used up now and only people can who can afford to buy water or get water or transfer water mm-hmm. will be the ones here. So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it looks like we kind of don't want to see that happen. We don't want to see Denver, the Denver area, become like Manhattan, the island of the rich. But if we keep growing and expanding and housing prices keep going up and paying more for water, it is going to become that. So that's why I'm saying stop, take a look, talk not just to the officials in the area or to the developers uh, conglomerate or mm-hmm. you know consortium or whatever you want to call them. Sure. Industry, thank you, <laughs> thank you. But talk to some of the the, the neighborhood uh, folks who are working to improve housing and ask them. Not only you know housing is 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 the issue, 
but housing and water mm-hmm. is really now the issue. So what do you guys think? How do we keep this place available to everyone? Because if we keep going on this path, it may not be available to everyone. Yeah. I would argue most developers don't want it for everyone because they want to make the most money on the developments that they do build, unless they are affordable housing developers. There are a few of those in the city. And you're going to make more money on nicer, more expensive properties and affordability and affordable properties. Affordable housing does not make people money. No, it doesn't. It costs people money. (laughs) And Paul, I'm not saying just stop growth. Mm -hmm. I'm saying take a pause. Take a really nice long pause and incorporate everyone's ideas. What is it going to hurt to take a, you know, five-year moratorium and really and truly get down to studying? I know a lot of people are studying the water issue, but really we're getting closer and closer and we keep hearing all of these stories. Let's take a moment to think about it a lot more than we have in the past. Well, I think a five-year moratorium, I mean, I understand why these ideas are appealing, but I think that's going to shoot housing prices through the roof. If we stop building, if we stop, Agreed. if we don't Agreed. increase supply to keep up with demand, because we can't tell people to not come here. Yeah, I mean, why not? Well, why not? I mean, I, you're going to tell whatever our Colorado Tourism Board that? No. <laughs> I mean, I, like I we, don't know. I don't know. But you're not going to tell them, no, tell people not to come here. It does get very complicated because then yeah. it's like other things. Certain people will come here no matter what because they can afford to figure out a way to do it. So I guess you can really, skirt the laws no matter what if you have enough money. I mean, I think that there are lots of arguments on this, and and, I, and I'm I'm hearing what you're saying about tourism and and uh, the economic growth uh, vehicles of the state and stuff. But so it feels like this conversation is boiling down to growth is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that either. I think growth is complicated. Um, and I well, what's the alternative? Right. What's the alter- The alternative is worse. The alternative is worse. The alternative is telling people you can only have one kid. The alternative yeah, is it saying gets real weird. you're not allowed in Colorado. Colorado's for me. No, it's the, not. It's not telling people what they can do, but it's not putting an emphasis on things that make our environment worse. You know, yeah. there's a big emphasis on come, as I said before, you want to hear this again, folks, come to Colorado, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, come to Colorado. But but think about why you're coming to Colorado and what will be the result when you get here, mm-hmm. you and the legions of people who want to live in this great, beautiful state. You know what? What's going to result from that? Well, I'm thinking about the three of us here and uh-huh. by the nature of. The role of the dice called chance. I was born here Uh randomly. My father's family's military. My mother's family moved here for other reasons from Nebraska. Um, I randomly was born here. I had no, I don't have any claim to it over anyone else, but I'm also sitting at a table with two folks who are not quote born here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what it then comes to is that fight. And I hate that fight because it's so stupid and baseless, but it does end up pitting us Natives versus transplants. And I don't identify as that, to be Mm -hmm. fair. I don't identify as native. I say Colorado born and raised. But I I agree with you, Joanne, that we need to slow down. We need to stop and figure it out. Maybe stop advertising a lot. And maybe put that money towards things we could do to fix things in the interim, like building more housing. But I, I do, it's a slippery slope. How do you slow down growth for a moment in the hopes 
that we don't get mired in some bureaucratic baloney that says, well, we created a task force to figure out growth. And then they sit on their thumbs for two years and then they produce a report and then that report goes in the garbage and like nothing happens. Sorry to be so blunt. I've worked on city projects as a consultant. I've watched it happen to projects I've worked on. So I guess getting back to the water conversation, let's look at the ways that some of these municipalities are trying to deal with what ends up being growth, right? So Castle Rock is following Aurora and they're working to reduce their water use by passing this measure or the first reading of a measure, I'm sorry, that would ban new turf lawns on homes or ornamental lawns as they're called. So basically like that what is yeah. it, Kentucky Bluegrass? Kentucky Bluegrass the, front lawn that just looks nice. No one uses it for anything. Don't do that It anymore. gets watered. That's their idea. And the idea is to cut down on water use by uh, saying you can't have this kind of lawn. You have to have like a zero-escaped lawn. Um, Arvada, on the other hand, is doubling home builders' water and sewer connection fees and sharply raising existing homeowners' utility rates. So basically, it's about they're going to charge builders more to put in utilities and then charge existing homeowners more to use those utilities. That seems really messed up because guess what? Builders already have zero incentive to build unless they're making money. So if you're making it harder for them to build, they're not going to build and we'll be in this crisis forever. Yeah. I mean, they're they're making it more expensive in Arvada and that cost is going to get passed on to the consumers. And ultimately it's dividing people. It's saying, if you don't have this much more money, you can't come live in our subdivision. I feel like that's, that's like, that's an anti-growth measure in my opinion. That's the kind of like, totally. we, don't, we, we don't want the poor here. Whereas the, the Castle Rock plan is more like staunch the bleeding, you know, let's slow things so down. It's I don't a, know. I don't like either of these. I don't either. Yeah, it's a little weird because I think whatever developers decide to do, the money, the cost is going to get passed on mm-hmm. right. to the consumer. Therefore, we're back to what your argument was. If the cost is getting passed on to the consumer in the form of their new house, then who can afford this new house? You know, yep. it's going to exactly. be it's going it, to this is so complicated. Is why did you guys you why did you down, pick this topic? <laughs> I, I this is this is the this Welcome is the Welcome back, Joanne. This is Colorado right now. I mean, this uh, is the tension we all feel. Can we talk about the politics of this situation a little bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I was going to actually bring up a South Park uh, movie that they just put out called Streaming Wars about buying and selling Ooh. water and how much it impacts oh, the really? water world great. of South Park known as PP Splashtown. But yes, Paul, actually, let's talk about politics instead. Well, <laughs> Much to Joanne's chagrin. I, I'm kind of feeling down on it right now with the election coming up. I'm feeling overwhelmed, to be honest, with everything that's on the ballot. But I feel like this issue, there's there's a bit of a shining light of hope here because, and I know you feel differently about our governor, Jared Polis, Bree, but I love the way he's been talking about water and growth lately. I, I find it very exciting. He's, Can you sum up how he's been talking about it for those who don't know like me? Y-I-M-B-Y. Governor Polis is a Yimby. He's, I think he's come out in the last couple months, he's a yes in my backyard guy. He's like, he's talking about how local control, which is a tradition in this state, has allowed these different municipalities to, you know, put in place these sorts of new policies like we're talking about in Castle Rock and Arvada. But he's at the same time talking about like how sprawl and like endless sprawl and the way we're growing uncontrollably is like exacerbating these issues around things like water. And so, you know, the Yimby idea that he's now like talking a lot about and really taken on is more about density. That's the other path. That's the solution that, that people are talking about. How does that solve water problem? Less infrastructure required. Okay. 
You Fair. know, you don't have to pipe out water to new suburbs. Oh yeah, I building know what you're up. About. You, know, right. you don't need to to, right. to water so many more lawns. Right. If, if, if you, people if, are living in townhomes in the city, if you stick one of those big ugly new developments right near a transit hub or something, then yes. that's you, called that's TOD, Joanne Transit Oriented Development. <laughs> oh wow, you guys are all so up on this stuff. I mean, it does take away some power from the the community, the the local municipality for sure. But I mean, if you think he's got the right idea. If we were working together as municipalities, I might disagree with him, but we're not. Look at how transit works or doesn't work. Like, oh, sorry, the bus doesn't go to that because it's a different municipality. Oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I kind of agree. If we were doing it better as unified municipalities, it would feel like an overreach of the state government. But at this point, we can't get our stuff together. We're passing anti-growth measures. Lakewood is. You know what I mean? Aurora is trying to. Boulder is. It's not helping anyone. It's actually just exacerbating specific problems in specific areas. You know, it all sounds like people just aren't working together. I mean, I would. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Bree is like, "Uh Uh uh-huh. So what's your point now? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it just feels again like, why are we so disparate why are we so far apart why don't we work together for the common good i know this is pie in the sky and and something that comes out of my era of the 60s but instead of coming down hard on localities or, or, or or communities i would rather the governor say you know what i'm gonna sit these people down in this room and they're not going to leave until we absolutely work <laughs> something out. out here, as opposed to immediately jumping to the state needs to come in and tell you what you that's can fair. or cannot do. I would love that, too. Yeah. I don't think that that's pie in the sky, Joanne. I think that that's a, a something that we should be aspiring to. How do we work together? Well, maybe that's why Polis is putting this out there now, is to get people to see, hey, you kids, if you don't start... <laughs> You know, Working sharing here. that back seat together <laughs> in the car. I'm going to, you know, turn around. Here. I'm going to stop this car and turn around and tell y'all what to do. <laughs> okay, so we're still... <laughs> we still don't still have an answer. Square one. But you know what? Thirstier this this conversation is good because I think it makes our listeners stop and think about water more and more and yes. more. And what do you want? What do you want your leaders to be saying and doing? Who are you electing for these offices? Who are you putting in places of power? Obviously, we didn't expect to solve this sitting here right now, but it's really good to keep talking about yeah. it. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is, like, surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So we're back and we're talking about the Broncos. And I mean, let's be real. They kind of suck. <laughs> I, I think I said this last week that Shannon Sharp said that Seattle had sold us a lemon. 
uh, in Russell Wilson. But, um, you know, we were excited, right? New head coach, new ownership group, maybe doing some cool stuff for Denver. We got this flashy new quarterback. So much promise in Russell Wilson. Probably the most famous person with a cool famous person wife, Sierra. I mean, we couldn't ask for more. I would. I love that she's a Denverite. I'm so proud that she's yeah. a Denverite. Same. But things like are not going good. Uh, Joanne, how how have you been feeling watching the donkeys so far? <laughs> the donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my parents. That's what everybody called them when oh, I was a kid. Oh God. No, you know it's interesting that you use the phrase Broncos suck. Because that was what I put in my <laughs> Gmail to myself of some notes that I was taking. See? The line. I mean, it kind of sums it up so suck. far. suck. Yeah. Exactly. I am extremely, extremely disappointed. Mm. The reason being is I've been a Russell Wilson fan for many years. He led the University of Wisconsin Badgers to the inaugural 2011 Big Ten Championship game, and they won. Oh, you're like so, an OG. So in Badgerland, oh, in in Badgerland, Russell Wilson could do no wrong, and then he went off to Seattle and started, you know, his career and won a Super Bowl, and then started doing wrong towards the end <laughs> of his of his tenure in Seattle, and then Denver, like, ooh, let's get a fading quarterback and bring him in and have him arrest the problems that we're having in Denver. And I got excited because love Russell Wilson. But I have to tell you. Yeah. If I may quote Dolly Parton. Oh, please. Anytime. What a heartache. What a mistake. What a heartache you turned out to be. Oh. What a heartache. What a heartache. What a mistake you turned out to be. You hear that, Russell Wilson? Come on, dude. You what broke the? Joanne Allen's heart. Broke my heart in itty-bitty pieces because I love you. But, you know, it's not just Russell, obviously. But sure. he is a big part of the problem. He sure is. He sure is. I mean, they paid him $250 bucks without him taking a snap. It's Over a quarter billion dollars. It's like, this is the guy. This is the guy. And then he comes in. And so do you think this was like a, a management issue then? Just like putting too much money on the wrong horse? or I sometimes betting? wonder if the Broncos are snake bit. How so? Explain. Because it just the, since Peyton won the Super Bowl, it's been downhill. Mm. And we figured that the problem would erase itself. It begin to, especially with Start this year. You know. But it's only getting worse. Mm. I mean, how much would you pay to have Vance Joseph back? <laughs> the, you oh, know, or, or Vic Fangio. I mean, they're doing a thousand percent better than Nathaniel Hackett, mm. who is the buck does not stop with me guy. You know, everything is we have the plan. And subtly he's saying the players aren't executing. But if the players aren't executing, you change the plan. Mm -hmm. You know, so the question becomes, Paul, is the plan in place because that's what Russell wants? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, is, is this Russell's team or is this Hackett's team right now? I don't know if it's anybody's team. I don't know if any of these guys. I mean, whoever has a plan, it's Is that the garbage. problem that nobody's taking ownership of the situation? 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm a new football fan. I mean, I only got into it. I've been watching the games this year because I got so excited about the Avalanche Cup run, and I wanted to be part of something again. That's um, fair. But I yeah, I that. mean, I, I think the problem is that they wanted Aaron Rodgers over the off season. They hired his coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and then they couldn't actually sign a deal with Rodgers, and so they went out and got the next best thing, the next best guy on the open market. Um, and he's just turned out to be not, not who we thought he was. Well, when I listen to the sports radio stations and they talk about, uh, they have, it feels as though, and this is them, I don't know for sure, it feels as though the team is catering to what Russell wants and that Russell wants to make a big splash because of that $250 million contract and show all of Broncos country that he is worth that money. And so he is getting to determine what the offense looks like, which is what he did in Seattle, and that's why Seattle let him go because they got tired of his antics of being the one who wants to run the offense hmm. based on what he thinks will work. Interesting. Russell Wilson is not a very tall man, especially for a football player. He's about, I, th I think he's under six feet, mm -hmm. maybe 5'11". So the question becomes, if you're in the shotgun, meaning you're not under center about to take the ball on a snap, if you're in the shotgun, that means you're going to pass. If you're going to pass, then you need to see all the receivers down the field. And he, they don't think because of his height, can actually see the receivers down the field. He has thrown so many incomplete passes to open guys, and yeah. he has missed a lot of passes. He has missed throwing passes to guys who are open in favor of dinking it off to people that he can, in fact, see. Yeah. This is a theory that's going around on sports radio, but I don't know if that's it. Is Russell the one in charge, the $250 million man? If he is, then somebody needs to rein him in. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. He has been missing a lot of throws. I mean, he just doesn't look like... He just doesn't look like somebody who's been successful in this league, which is a shame because, like, he has been. He's been great. He won a Super Bowl. We won't say who he beat. Wait, who did he beat? He beat the Broncos. I know. <laughs> I just wanted you to Joanne say it. I just wanted you to say <laughs> it. Joanne. Damn it, Joanne. Um, Walked right into that one. But I don't know. I mean, it's Hackett's fault, too. It's his first year as a head coach. And that first game, do you remember the first game where he, they mismanaged the clock? Yes. And he, like, he yeah. just biffed it and they ended up going for a field goal instead of, let a, instead of letting Russell take a Do shot at it and it was yeah. like it's just yeah. a bad move but they've just been so gosh darn boring is the problem i mean these games are tedious <laughs> there was a game a couple of weeks ago no touchdowns it's 12 12 going into overtime in denver and broncos fans start leaving the stadium i have never seen that before in my whole life of watching sports i've never seen home team fans leave a game when it's going into overtime. And the national commentators on that game were just beside themselves because it was so it was truly boring. It's like, why don't we just let the kickers kick field goals yeah. and forget about all of this offense and defense until on, something on the field. happens. Yeah, until something <laughs> happens. But you know, the defense has been great. Mm -hmm. Then they give the ball back to the offense and that's it. it they, they can't even make fourth down plays. I mean, they 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> Take a breath, Joanne. It's, it's yeah, hard, it's hard because, to be a Broncos fan right yeah, now. Yeah, because I, I, this season became a true Broncos fan because of Russell. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I have another team that I primarily used to root for, but I thought the Broncos are going to be my team because they've got everything going for them. And now they're not, and I'm just... I, you might a, have to find a new team. What a heartache. <laughs> Before we go, we've got the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, as in we'll recommend something and maybe we'll be there. Uh, Here with those recommendations is Hey Denver newsletter editor, Peyton Garcia. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. 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 So um, as you know, in Friday's newsletter, we've got your usual weekend roundup of things to do. Uh, So I picked four that are kind of different and sound interesting. Uh, and I'm going to throw out to you guys, and you guys can let me know if you might maybe want to go. <laughs> if we're anywhere, we'll be there. Man, we're here for your lukewarm recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to start with um, one that might be controversial. <gasps> this, uh, I think today, kicks off Dolly Alive. Oh. An immersive art experience at The Loom, which I believe is at Stanley Marketplace. Um, it's from the same people who did the immersive Van Gogh experience. And so now uh, the world premiere of Dolly Alive <laughs> kicks off today. What do you think? Well, it's going to be a hard no for me, Pay. Thought yeah. so. Joanne, are you an immersive art experience no, person? I'm avoiding them. <laughs> totally. I don't care who they do. I'm kind of, I kind of, I don't know. Dolly is not like m- m- the most excited. I, w- the, the immersive art experience I want, Hieronymous Bosch. I don't even know who that is. You know this painter? Okay, listeners, Google this guy. He's like horrifying, like Renaissance painter. He paints these like disgusting, like demons and stuff. Oh. Check it out. That would be a fun Oh, yeah, I'd go to that. Mm. I'd go for Patrick Nagel, who's very famous for the 80s illustrations of sexy ladies. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, I'll say that the melting clocks would maybe be cool to see uh, projected on the wall, but. Mm-hmm. Overall, I'm not super into the immersive art thing. Anyway, for those of you who are, that kicks off today. <laughs> They'll all do right. fine. They'll sell a million tickets. It's all good. Oh, yeah. Um, if it's Dolly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all you have to say. Yeah. All right, guys. This, one, this one's immersive adjacent. Uh, Disney's Hocus Pocus in Concert, performed by the Colorado Symphony. Um, that's going to be at the Betcher Concert Hall. Um, and what happens when they do that is they play Hocus Pocus, everyone's favorite Halloween movie, on the big screen, and then the orchestra plays um, the soundtrack live as the movie is projected. So you're watching your favorite Halloween movie, the music's live. I like that idea. What's the movie about? Can you... Hocus Pocus. I will actually say... It's a millennial fave. I've never watched Hocus Pocus. I don't really care to watch Hocus Pocus. I feel like I, (laughs) I, I feel like I passed. I missed that boat. Okay. I don't know, Paul Bree. Are you guys Hocus Pocus people? No. No. It's like a, it's like a Halloween cult favorite. Like people, freaking, like half of these event recommendations are like. We're showing Hocus Pocus at our bar. Come drink pumpkin beer and watch Hocus Pocus. I, I have Ooh. no idea what it's about. It's about witches. I okay. Think, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Anyway. Yeah, no. It's wow. An 
this table full of squares does not know a movie that's extremely popular. Keep going, Peyton. <laughs> okay, this one um, I'm especially excited to share with you, Paul. This is the oh, Lord. Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's taking place um, at the Marriott in Park Meadows. Denver Marriott South at Park Meadows. So it's like a pinball competition? Yeah, well, it's actually more like uh, they relate it to Comic-Con, but for old arcade games. So you pay an admission fee, which is not that bad. I think an adult day price is $40. An adult full three-day pass is $95. But you go in and you can... It's not just pinball. They have all these old school arcade games, and it's free play once you're in there. Mm. Oh, um, no way. I do like yeah. that's cool. Kind of yeah. yeah. I think there's oh, a lot of people great. who are super into like old school arcade games and stuff. Um, so that might be really fun to check out. It's three days uh, long. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Think of the sound that's going to be there. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. And my final one, which is the one that I'm personally eyeballing, mm. is. The new um, community hub, quote unquote community hub at Nine and Co. That's Ninth and Colorado, Colorado. Boulevard. Mm-hmm. There, there's this like new space that was. It's a new development that's like they've been like pushing a lot of community events and stuff. They're doing some Halloween stuff, family friendly Halloween stuff this weekend. So there's gonna be like trick or treating and for like the kids, you know, and um, costume contests and just fun little festive. Halloween and autumn themed things. I like that kind of stuff. Well, and I would say if you've not been to Nine and Co. before, what's really cool about the development is it's where there was a hospital there and then they knocked it down and, and built a bunch of housing and shops and stuff. It's kind of closed off from Colorado Boulevard in a certain way. So it is fun to like walk around. Like it's a lot more pedestrian friendly than you might think. Um, so I think it would be a great, I would love to go do that. Yeah. There's some great coffee shops over there. There's some great culinary dropout, great restaurants. Yeah, I think I think the businesses will be doing their little, you know how businesses will do trick or treat for the I little kids. It. There's um kid parent costume contest, doggy costume contest, <laughs> a photo booth, um someone's teaching Postino is teaching how to make um Halloween themed cocktails, so you can oh, take I a little lesson Postinos. on that. There's going to be a pumpkin Food. patch, you can get your face painted. So, I think the weather's going to be really nice and I think that'd be really fun. I like that kind of stuff. Well, I'm curious to know how you and your kid are gonna go, Bree? Is the, the, the kid and parent costume yeah. thingy? What are you gonna? What are you gonna? I mean, what, what would you do? He's not quite. He's like almost a year and a half, so we're still in that oh, space where we perfect. can choose what he wears. Oh, yeah. Like last year, he was Joe Dirt. He didn't really have any Hilarious. decision Joe in that. <laughs> Finding a mullet wig for a baby is tough, but mm. we we figured it out. Um, but I'm probably going to put him in some skeleton pajamas and like yeah. <laughs> cheat a little bit. Mm. But we're actually going to a pumpkin patch this weekend. But this sounds really fun because yeah. I also love the animal costume element. Because then oh, yeah. if you're not into costumes or you don't have a kid, it's a cool way to get to still dress yeah. up. Well, totally. when, uh, that's the thing that would keep me away. It's <laughs> watching people <laughs> put stupid stuff on their dogs and, on, and then on their cats. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. and there's going to be somebody oh, there with a, a snake with people that... and a rat. And I mean, you know, it's going to be some <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, that, that's the one thing that would keep me away Ooh. from. No, I'm just kidding. That sounds great. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Is, is that the one? I'm game for that. That's the one I like. Well, bam. There you have it. The CityCast official maybe for your weekend is the pump, pumpkin patch pop up at uh, 
Colorado nine and ten. Yep, nine nine, nine, and, nine and co. co. And again, if you haven't been there before, you'll be wildly surprised that you're hanging out on Colorado Boulevard. They've it doesn't got, like, feel that. They got a ton of um, like great little like restaurants to go up in I there love, too. I Coffee do shops. Enjoy they have it. yeah some great restaurateurs set set up shop. Okay, well, before you end, yeah, before we end, okay. I just wanted to give a shout out to Peyton. Because Girlfriend puts out an excellent newsletter. If you're not signed up, do it now. Because you get some of the best information in terms of what's going on in the city, what she's thinking about things. And it's just delightful. I read it every day. She's a great writer. I'm telling you, it's great. That means so much to me. Yeah. And you can sign up for our newsletter, Hey Denver, very easily by texting Denver to 66866. Yeah. You guys can always reply to me. I answer she every does actually single answer email. <laughs> I don't. Peyton does. Well, Joanne Allen, thank you so much for joining us. It was a blast, as per usual, whenever I come to CityCast Denver. Thanks, well, guys. We love having you. Paul, thanks. Thanks, Bree. It's great to see you this morning, Joanne. Likewise. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were Paul Caroli, Aaron O'Toole, and Claudia Meza. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver and tell Russell Wilson about us next time you see him. You can sign up for our daily newsletter by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you later. I mean, you guys are always so up on stuff every day, and I'm I'm I've taken a step back from the news. It, honey, it is the bomb. <laughs> well, mm. Welcome back to the show where we're going to make you talk about the news.